0: tail on me. So I'll, I'll get Jimmy to bribe you. Amen. How much money you got in your pocket? <laughs> We're not doing too good then, are we? I, I'm absolutely torn on what to do. I had a thought coming in here all afternoon. And y'all started singing. I want to continue with feel led to do here. I show of hands tonight, how many of you brought something in here with you? Can you hear me all right? How's that? How about that? you hear me all right? Better? Okay. I show of hands tonight, how many of you would be just be honest amongst the church. I know there's just a few of us, but I don't think any of you are here just because you didn't have nothing else better to do and you were just sitting at the house bored and you said, you know what, I'm just going to hang out. Bless your heart, sister. You come in your work uniform. Praise the Lord for that. I, I was at a meeting one time and the fellas, I, I didn't want to go because I, I couldn't go home and change. And I thought, because well, you're a preacher, you got to always be you know, presentable. And he said, no, bro, I would assume you have you here. And, but if I could ask you this, just being honest tonight, How many of you tonight, I know it's a midweek service, how many of you tonight would just be honest and say, there's something in my life right now that I'm unsettled about that I need God's help with? Amen. Turn with me to Philippians 4, if you would, please. Philippians chapter number 4. I'll give you a second to turn there. Now you pray for me while I preach, and as my pastor says, I say this all the time, if you pray, I'll know it, and if I preach, you'll know it, amen? This is, you pray for me, this is not what I studied, but well, I'm just, he's the preacher anyway. If you come here to hear me, you just will go home, You ain't, it ain't about me. It's all right, to take this off, right? All right. What time do the younguns finish? I don't want to overstep my time. Okay. Well, we'll, Jimmy said we'll we'll get you out of here before Sunday morning. Amen. (laughs) He he can get them started for next Wednesday. All right. (laughs) I like it. Amen. Philippians chapter number four, I'm gonna read the first seven verses here and, and, and we'll try to be a help and a blessing to you tonight. Uh, I trust Brother Craig is on his way back. Good, safe travels, Amen. Philippians chapter number four, verse number one. Everybody got your place, amen. 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 Bible says, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and long for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech, now I'm an old hillbilly and I can't always say all these words, so if you know it better than me, just holler up, okay? I <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm not gonna lie to you tonight. I didn't go to Bible college. I barely went to regular college, so. Uh, I believe it's you, and beseech, sinth, sin check, I can never say that one either. And they be of the same mind in the Lord, and I treat them also, true yoke fellow. Help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other fellow laborers, whose names are in the book of life. Say amen if you're glad your name's in the book of life tonight. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be, excuse me. <clears throat> Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, a very familiar verse tonight, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. If you will pray with me real quick, Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this opportunity, Father. I just thank you for it. God, asks ask you to again just be with Brother Craig as he continues home. God, just touch his family. God, touch this little church on the hillside. God, use it for your glory. God, help me tonight. God, use me. God, forgive me of sin and self. Clean me, Lord. God, use me for your glory here tonight, God, that I, I would just be a mouthpiece for you, Lord, that you'd be the preacher, and God, for everything you do. Well, thank you, and we love you, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for praying. Here, just real quickly in context, you know this is... Uh, an an epistle written by the Apostle Paul and he's writing this one from prison, I believe in Acts 27 or Acts 26, forgive me. But he's writing this epistle to the church of Philippi as an encouragement. But we come to chapter number four and he kind of leaves off with some encouraging words. That peace which passes all understanding, which is often mentioned so many times. We see it on coffee cups, we see it on t-shirts, we see it on everything, but a lot of times we don't really understand what it is to have that peace. A lot of times it doesn't come as easy as just quoting the verse in the mirror to ourselves and opening up our daily devotion. There's been a lot of times, I know none of y'all do this, so let me just say my myself. There's been a lot of times that I'll read devotions and I'll do Bible studies and I get about as much out of it as I did just reading it. It feels like God's nowhere around. It feels like God's kind of far away and I'm not really understanding why and I don't really understand what to do. And I'll come in on a Wednesday night or a Sunday night and a preacher's preaching and it's just going in one ear and out the other. And I'm just sitting there saying, God, where are you at? And we live in such an unsettling time that it's very easy to have that mentality tonight. It's no secret. It's all right if I remember to walk around. Is that okay? We're good with that. All right. I'm not sick. I don't have COVID, and that stuff. I've had it twice. We're good. If you get it, you didn't get it from me. But we live in such an hour and a day that we're not waiting on a whole lot for the Lord to come back. I almost preached on the King is coming, but... We're not waiting on anything for Jesus to return. There's nothing else biblically that has to happen. There's no final move from Russia or Israel or something like that that has to happen. We are completely waiting on the Lord to step out from the clouds and bring his children home. We are waiting on him to do so. And he said, Only the Father knows the day and the hour. He said, Even I don't know it. I don't know it tonight. But I do know that it is coming. It hasn't stopped coming, it didn't stop being true at some point. And so I can hold to that when I feel like I don't have a lot of peace. And you say, "Well, preacher, uh, you know what do you tell me to get excited to die?" Is I would sure. No, uh, death scares me to die. It scares me something awful tonight. I'm scared to death to die. Pun intended. I, I don't. I, I, I'd like to think that one day I'll just be about 99 and a half years old, go to sleep, and don't wake up. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? But I, I don't. I don't get to do that. I don't get to pick. It's appointed unto man once to die, and after this is the judgment. That's God's appointment tonight. But we live in such an unsettling time and such an unsettling world that it's real easy to lose track of just how blessed we are and just how wonderful things truly are in heaven tonight. And it's real easy to lose focus when the storms come and when the things come that, that and it feels like God's nowhere around and, and you hear people sing the songs about peace and you hear people sing uh, the songs about Jesus saves and, and you might be in a service and the fellow beside you is just having himself a time Time, and he's just shouting the glory home and you're just standing there thinking Lord what's wrong with me why can't I get excited about it why can't I get happy about it why why can't I get, why can't I testify like they testify why why can't I get as excited about serving as they serve what's wrong with me can I tell you tonight there ain't a blessed thing wrong with you you're just right in the middle of the valley and sometimes that valley might just be a little bit longer than you would like it to be and it's a little bit deeper than you would like it to be but I promise you if you'll hold on for just a little while you can be like Paul told Timothy when he he charged him and he said, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, that if you'll continue on, you can go on and you can see the other side and you can see just how God intended to use every bit of it. I don't think that anybody in here tonight is here by some sort of happenstance. I learned that a long time ago. Well, we're, we're not just here to, if, you, if you're here to, let me just clear this out of the way. If you're here to pat yourself on the back, listen to me holler, or, or make sure that the pastor knew you was here, you just will get in your car and go home. that's just how we are. That's just how I believe. I, I believe we ought to come to worship the Lord. Amen. It, it, we ought to come to praise his holy name. But you say, well, you say, preacher, it's hard for me to do that right now. You don't know what I, I'm going through. No, I don't. But can I tell you that he holds it all in his hand? Can I tell you that he holds, the Bible says that no man can pluck me out of his hand. And you say, well, the devil can get to him too. The devil can get to you inside of his hand. No, he can't. Why you say that, preacher? Well, if you if you read back in the book of Job, you'll find that the devil had to knock on the God's front door before he could ever go to Job. We need to stop acting like the devil's God. I know he's the prince and the power of the air, and he and he and he has all that stuff, and he has all his demonic forces and all that stuff. But he can't get to you without going through Almighty God. Amen. Amen. He, he can't get to you. He can't. Well, why would God allow this? Because He wants a little bit more out of you. Because he wants to grow you just a little bit. He he wants to get a little more out of your service, out of your testimony, out out of your walk with him. We sing this song in our church called Learning to Lean. Uh, We need to learn to lean on him in this very day and hour. If there was ever a time for God's people to just put it all to the side, get on fire for God and pursue, it's now tonight. It would be right now. And you say, well, what's all this got to do with peace, preacher? Well, can I I tell you that if you'll just learn to get to where God wants you, you to be, you just might find that all that stuff that's bothering you ain't quite that big of a deal. Amen. That you say, well, you don't know my storm. No, I don't know your storm. I'm not going to stand up here and try to act super spiritual and tell you that I know exactly what you're going through, and I can tell you, here's how you fix it, and, and, and just send you home with a smile on your face. If I could do that, I'd be like Joe Osteen, and I'd have all kind of money, and, and I'd have planes and, and, and big mansions and all that stuff, but I, I don't have that tonight. I got an old Jeep that leaks oil and it burns it out the back end. Say amen right there. Amen. But this world is searching for peace. Can I tell you, they're not going to find it. The lost man knows nothing of the peace of God. Oh, there's temporal peace, sure. There's, there's temporal things. There's, there's highlights and parties and different things. And, and there's, the, there's careers and all that stuff that can just temporarily fill that hole. But I cannot tell you, nothing fills that hole like Jesus. Amen. I tell you, nothing fills that void like Jesus Christ. Nothing takes care of my soul like Jesus Christ. Spurgeon said it this way. He said, I have a great need of God, but I have a great God for my need. The true peace that passes all understanding only comes from Him. And you're not going to get it if you're not where He wants you to be. How many of y'all got kids? I seen y'all had some youngins with you, right, tonight. How many of y'all everybody else got kids? All oh, y'all got kids? I know maybe your kids are golden. I wasn't one of them. So I, I, maybe your kids are right, but I, I was one of the ones that always found a way to get disruptive in church and, and do the wrong stuff. Went out in the world and partied. Y'all heard some of my testimony, I believe, but what, what, I, what, I've, what I've learned is that when you, when you try to correct your children, I don't think you come at them with a Hershey bar and a $20 bill and say... All right, now, little Jim, get over here. And no, that's what you need to. know. I don't think you come at them with, you know, that that bicycle they want, or, or or the game, or whatever it is. And and you don't give them gifts and just say there. No, you scold them, don't you? You you correct them, don't you? And that's what the Lord chastens who he loves. And, 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 and yes, part of that is whenever we sin and we mess up. But I, I truly believe with all my heart tonight that part of that is just God trying to get us to where he can use us just a little bit more. And that is how we find peace in the valley is knowing, like the old song says, he's still working on me. Uh, that that he's he's still still molding me. It's that process of sanctification that Jimmy was talking about. That that It's that process where he molds us and he shapes us into what he wants us to be for his glory, what he wants us to be for his service. A reasonable service is not just attending church tonight. Our reasonable service is your Bible reading, is your prayer time, is your study, is how you walk with the Lord and how you talk to the Lord and how you your day to day and how you talk with God. That is your reasonable service tonight. If you think all oh, it is is sitting on a church pew, I'm sorry to bust your bubble tonight. That ain't it. Amen. Amen. In order to obtain that peace, we have to be where he wants us to be. And you say, well, I'm getting there as close as I can, and God's just quiet. You know, there's some times that God's just quiet because he wants to be quiet. It's not because you did something wrong. It's not because there, there's some sort of sin in your life. It's not because, now that might be the case to each their own. You, you, you work that out with the Lord. But, but it, maybe it's just because you're here, and, and I'm not trying to preach prosperity, so don't think that, but God wants you to be here. I don't want to just be a cruising Christian my entire life. I don't want to just be content with where I am until, if he calls me home at 99 years old and in my sleep, praise God, that'd be awesome. And, and if he lets me serve until that day, I don't want to be where I am right now on that day. Amen. I, I heard this story before I get more into the message. Brother Ralph Sexton, you know, have anybody heard that, that preacher's name? His, his grandson, uh. I believe his name was Winston, and we, we have a mutual friend, and, and he, was, he was down there for a revival, and he heard him tell this story that when Brother Ralph Sexton Sr. Well, was on his very deathbed, when he was, he, he had just moments left in his life, you know what he was doing? He, he wasn't talking with his family. He wasn't going through a picture album, talking about how good it was. He was they wasn't sitting around singing songs and, and looking at memories of yesteryear. He had his Bible open, pressed to his face, because he was Almost blind, and they said, Why don't you want to just visit with your grandkids a little while? Why don't you? We're all here, Grandpa. Why don't you just talk to us for a little while? He said, Why? You know why? He said, Because I want to know more. I want to know more. I want to know more, and I want to know more. I want to know more tonight. How do I get that peace? By trying to know more about Him, about who He is. And Paul, he's finishing up this letter, and he's trying to encourage, and he says, This, I've got to hurry. Don't tell me I'm fine. We'll get out of here in about four hours. Amen. If y'all don't know this by now, my, my pastor's name is Mike Long and he always says that I preach for a long time. He's my uncle. It runs in the family. If that bothers you, some people just went, oh Lord. Amen. If we will follow the example set forth by Paul tonight, I believe that we can have peace in a troubling world. I believe we can have peace no matter the valley. I believe we can have peace. You said, does that mean my valley goes away? Lord, no. Does that mean that all the problems go away? Lord, no. Does that mean that the world will fix itself and it'll be sunshine and rainbows? Absolutely not. But you can walk with your head held high and a Bible under your arm and your eyes set on Christ yeah. and you can say, no matter what happens, no matter what the devil tries to throw at me, I'm still going to march forward, I'm still going to serve, and I'm still going to keep on keeping on for the cause of Christ. Why? Because that is the peace. that It's not just the feeling where everything's gone. It's the feeling that knowing that he is in control and he knows what's best for his children. He knows what's best for you and he knows what he's doing tonight. Verse number four, look with me here. Paul says this, his first piece of advice. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. The Bible says something one time, you've heard it before, it's pretty good, but if it says it twice, it's even better. If it says it twice in the same verse, there's a good chance you ought to just take a note right there and say, all right, I need to pay attention to this. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. He said, again, I, again, I say rejoice. Uh, rejoice in Him. Friend, what Paul was saying is I have to be happy in Him. Not, not because of what He can do. Not because of how He might fix it. Not because of how He might give me a yes. Not because of how He might give me a no. Not because of He might give me that job I want. Not because of He might feel that sickness in my family. Not because He's able to heal that sickness. But because of who He is tonight because of what he's done. You've got to understand that he did everything he ever had to do for you when he said, it is finished. He didn't have to do that. But without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. And what the blood of goats and bulls could not do, the blood of Christ could do tonight. And whenever, whenever the blood of all those sacrifices was not enough, his blood was enough. His blood was enough to satisfy the wrath of God. His blood was enough to be the propitiation of our sins. We have an advocate with the Father. The Bible says that if we sin, that he, is, he was faithful and just to forgive us of all our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. I have all of that because of what he did on the cross when he said, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. Eleven times, if you study that out, he repeated that phrase, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. It was unusual to ever hear one phrase ever uttered from the cross, but he, pre- he said, I believe it was over twelve phrases that he said, forgive me if I'm wrong, but, but he said over and over and over again, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And as he laid there on that cross, and they drove the nails through his hands, and they drove the nails through his feet, and, and his flesh was pulled from his body, everything that he did, he did for you, and if you can't get happy about the bridge that was made for you to heaven, there's something wrong tonight. If you can't get excited every once in a while at the fact that He died for you, paid for you with His own blood, the Bible says you are pot with the price, it's your God's, you ain't your own, you ain't got any business telling God how to your life. Well, how do I get peace? How do I get it? Just give it to Him and let Him do what He's supposed to do with it. It's good, are y'all okay? I preach the same to two people with, or, or 200 people. I, I like to yell. Y'all all right tonight? Amen. My hope is in him. My hope listen, my hope sure ain't in Joe Biden. My hope is not in the White House. I said at a church the other day, they looked at me like I had horns growing out of my head. I guess they voted for him. I don't know. If you did, I'm sorry tonight. But my hope's not in him. My hope's not in whatever bills they muster up to pass. My hope's not in, in Jim Justice down there. My hope's not on the legislature that they're passing right now. My hope's not in anything that this world has to offer. My hope is in nothing else but Him. How do I get peace? I look to Him. If I find the world, He said He said in the world, He said you'll find tribulation, but He said be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. I can look to Him every single time and every single time He's never let me down. He's never failed me. The Bible says He'll never leave me nor forsake me. Over there in Hebrews 13, 5, it says, let your conversation be without covetousness. He said, for he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That's a pretty good promise you can take to the bank. And it's so good it's over there in Deuteronomy too. It's in there twice. You can take it to the bank two times if you want to and it's still good. He will not leave you tonight. Well, preacher, I don't feel him. That don't mean he ain't there. That's we, we, I, I can't hope. Look, I, I love my pastor and I love these old men of God, but I can't hope in them. I'm trying to move on from this point because I, I got a lot more to preach, but I don't know if somebody else needs this more than I do. But Titus wrote this, he said, chapter two. Verse number 13, it said, looking for that blessed hope. He's a blessed hope. The glorious appearing of the great God of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all. I love that word, all in your Bible. All iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people. That is not a weird person. That is a person of ownership. That means you are owned by him. A peculiar people, zealous of good works. That that means tonight, he's my blessed hope. He is my hope. And I like how Titus said, he said, in our Savior Jesus Christ. He didn't say our hope is in the law. He didn't say our hope was in the blood of the sacrificial lamb every year. Our hope was in the priest. He said our hope is in the Savior Jesus Christ tonight. Amen. If you can't hang your hat on that, I don't know what you can hang it on. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will do what? I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. My hope is in him. Secondly, notice the advice by the Apostle Paul. Verse number five, it says, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand tonight. Can we agree on that? We, we've already talked about it. there's not There's nothing left to hold back his coming. There's nothing left to hold him back. He could split it open before we leave out of here tonight. So I would make sure, let me just say this, that I know there's just a few people in here, but I've seen crazier stuff in, in different services. If you don't know him and the power of his resurrection, if you don't know him and who he is, tonight be a real good night to know him. Maybe you say, maybe you got something creeped in your life. Paul said, he told Timothy that it creeps into houses through silly women, that the devil will try his best to get one little crack in. And if something like that that's come in. Maybe that's why you don't have any peace tonight, because you've let the devil take a back seat in your car, and he ain't got any business being in there. But he said, let your moderation be known unto all men. I had to look that up. I told y'all I'm pretty dumb. He said, moderation is the state of being moderate, or keeping a due mean between extremes. Can I just say this real quick, and we'll we'll move on? That that what Paul was trying to say here, I I had to study this out in in, in several detail. What what Paul's trying to say is how many of you, I love to deer hunt. How many of you love to deer hunt? Praise God. How many of you like watching Mountaineer football and basketball and all that stuff? Ain't very good, so it's all right if you don't want to raise your hand. I understand. <laughs> what I'm getting at tonight is Paul saying it's all right to like all that stuff, but when it takes a front seat and God takes hey, a back seat, hey. there's a problem. I hear people all the time say, Well, I can talk to God, in my dear, stand. That's fine, but I like talking to Him on an altar in church. That's good. Well, I- just as close to God, 20 foot in the air, that's fine, but me and you got two different opinions of who God is and where he's at. Well, God's omnipresent, he's everywhere all the time. Well, he is, but he said he inhabits the praises of his people and there's not a whole lot of people praising the Lord in my tree stand. I'm just telling you right now, there's a whole lot of people praising him down there at the house of God. So if I when they passed Sunday hunting, that just went right through me. I I thought, why in the world, you got six days to do it, why can't you just give one day to the Lord? But uh, that's neither here nor there, but I don't understand why we let so much of the worldly things, Take such dominion over God in our life. You say, "Well, I'm here faithful every time." Well, that's fine. Did you open your Bible between Monday and Tuesday? Yes. Did you study it? I mean, I'm not talking about just getting your devotional and your and your. I got I got several on my phone. I got a Charles Spurgeon and a, and a Daily Bible reading all that stuff. I'm not talking about just getting that stuff out and going. Well, my verse today is Philippians four thirteen. And I can do all things through Christ who to me. Amen. I'm talking about. Did you get your book out and see what God said? Did you get in your prayer closet and say, God, I need your help with this thing? Did you get down on your knees? Did you put, and I'm not talking about, I, I'm just as guilty as you are uh, of going to bed and praying three, four minutes before I go to sleep or just praying when the preacher prays at church. I'm talking about real, real prayer in your life. Have you, have you taken that time? I was asked this question I'm gonna ask you tonight by show of hands. Who since last Sunday? Be honest. Since last Sunday, that's been three days. You've read your Bible, you've prayed, you've done everything right according to the Word of God since last Sunday night. Anybody? Not me either. For him to know that he do good and doeth it not is what? Sin. We all got to sin. It happens. He said, let your moderation be known unto all men. I, I promise you, listen, the good Lord let DVR exist. You can, you can record the ball game. If you're like me, you ain't that good at shooting deer anyway, it'll be here when it gets here. All that stuff can wait. What's more important, you might find if you just take up and spend 15 minutes with the Lord before you take off and do anything else, that it just might change everything about that situation that you don't have peace about. He said, Let your moderation be known unto all men. Whatever's in the way of the Lord. See, that's the problem. We think, what's not sin? Watching a watching a ballgame's not sin. Watching my favorite television shows, not sin. Why, why, just you sitting there taking a nap because I work sixty hours this week. That's not sin. No, it's not. But he said that I, that I meditate on his word day and night. That I'll hide it in my heart that I might not sin against God. Meditate on it day and night. Let nothing get in the way. This is a Wednesday night crowd. I don't think any of you's here because you just don't want to be here. Don't let anything get in the way of your service to him tonight. There ain't nothing that can't wait. It takes a disciplined disciple tonight to obtain peace. It's not uh, contrary to popular belief, Jesus ain't walking by your way and handing it out like it's, a, like it's a raffle ticket on the price is right. I mean, it's something that, that God will always do his part. And I know we don't work for salvation, but you was talking earlier about the fruits of your labor. He expects some fruits out of you tonight. Amen. And you're not going to get them letting everything else take God's place. Well, my children got a ball game. My, my children do this, and my children—that's fine. As long as they on Sunday, Amen. I'm still the old-fashioned way. You ought to be playing ball games on Sunday. I know, I, I know. Listen, I don't have kids, so I'm not trying to throw rocks at anybody. So please, please, please don't don't think that tonight. But but understand this: it's okay to like all that stuff. But what happens is you're teaching your children that it's all right, we'll read the Bible on Sunday when the preacher's there and we're not gonna read it on Monday and Tuesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. And then what happens is they think their reasonable service is just showing up on Sunday mornings and then their children don't think anything about the Lord and it progresses and progresses. Let your moderation be known unto all men. Guys, you wanna go out and eat later? No, I'm not gonna do that. I go home and read my Bible. I ain't read it today. Let's go watch a Mountaineer game down there at Buffalo Wild Wings. Let's go and do that. Hey, I'm not going to do that because I ain't read my Bible today, I ain't prayed today. I need to spend time with the Lord. You might find that you that that thing that you ain't got peace about might still be there, but you'll have peace about it because you're so close to Him. You can hear the still small voice tonight. A. W. Tozer wrote this. I'm going to move the last thing. We're done. A.W. Tozer said that, he said, the world lives in a time of crisis. And he said, Christians alone are in a position to rescue the perishing. But he said, we dare not to settle down to try to live as if things were normal. What he was saying is, is he said, this thing is too important to let everything else take God's place and just treat it like everything's all right. Yes. Listen, I don't watch the news. I ain't watched the news since the 2020 election. You say, is that, are you mad because it didn't go your way? no. I just, I, I get too mad at it. And I, and I learned something, Jimmy. No matter how much I pray, no matter what I do, I can't change a blessed thing that's come out of the TV speakers. I can't change it. So if it changes me yes. and not for the good of him, it don't need to be there. Yes. Well, it's not sin to watch. No, it's not. But if it causes me to get anger and get fired up and then I'm arguing with everybody down there at work who knows I'm a preacher, who's lost and dying and going to hell, what kind of witness is that? Oh, because I decided I want to be a little political for a little while and I want to take notice of that. Even though it's not sin, come on. Even though it's not sin, I'm still taking part of it. Listen to me. Whatever's in the way, get it out tonight. Amen. Amen. Be a disciplined disciple. Well, I did it right yesterday. Fine. Today's different. Do it today. Do it tomorrow and keep on. Well, I messed up today. That's fine. I, mean, I, I failed him today more than you probably failed him all week. People think just because you're a preacher, you're up here and you and God just hang out on Sundays. That ain't how that works. Believe me, that lady right there can tell you. My wife can tell you. I wish it was. I wish I could pick up my phone and say, God, I don't know what to do. But I tell you what I can do is I can pick this up and I can say, God, I don't know what to do. And somewhere between Genesis and Revelation, I'll find what to do. And I'll find the answer and I'll find the peace. And it may not happen right now, but I promise you it will tonight if you're disciplined enough to do so. Lastly, my hope is in heaven. I must be a disciplined disciple. But lastly, don't, don't miss this. He said, be careful for nothing. Let me just pause right there and say that means don't hold anything too tight. Don't hold it too tight. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. He said, be careful for nothing, <clears throat> but in everything. Everything still means, are we all right? Everything still means everything tonight. In everything. That's the valley. That's the hard times. That's the good times. That's the times that don't make sense. The time God's quiet. time God says no. In everything. By prayer and supplication. Prayer and supplication. What's that? Well, obviously, prayer is praying. Supplication is that process of giving up to the Lord and sacrificing for God, sacrificing my time, letting him sanctify me, letting him work on me, letting him deal with my heart. By prayer and sanctification with what? Thanksgiving. This may come as a shock to some of us tonight, but you are supposed to be happy. <laughs> You're supposed to be happy. How do I be happy whenever God took my loved one? How do I be happy when God took my job? How do I be happy when I don't have no money and the bills ain't that enough? How do I be happy? Well, I'm pretty sure if God made it all in seven days, as cliche as it sounds, I'm pretty sure he can take care of you. Amen. Amen. No man shall pluck me out of his hand. There ain't a problem in your hand. I say this all the time. I don't think God ever opens his hands to you and he looks at you and goes, what in the world's that doing there? I don't, I don't think that tonight. I, I, I think God allows things to come our way so we don't go, oh gosh, how do I fix this problem? We go, God, how, how can you fix this? How can you, you get glory out of this? I must have faith in the Father tonight. He said in everything Thanksgiving, what's the last part of this verse? Let your request be made unto the preacher. Let your request be made unto the deacon. It's not in there either, is it? Lord, help me. I can't get it right tonight. Be made known unto God. Where, we're back at square one. Where else can I go? Peter said, he said, Lord, he said, thou hast the words of eternal life. Where else can we go? He looked at him over in Matthew chapter number 19. He said, Lord, he said, we forsook it all. He said, Why we done got rid of everything. Where else can I go? I'm sold out for you, God. And you know what I found out even after that, he still denied Christ three times, still messed up, still laid it all at his feet. And then you find out that whenever he sees Jesus on the shore and he realizes that he messed up, he strips down, swims straight to him. And that's when Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know I love you. And he said, Peter, but do you really ask him three times, Peter, do you love me? And three times he said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And he said, then do what? Feed my sheep. He said, just keep on. Just keep. It's all right. Just keep on. I knew you was going to mess up when you messed up. Just keep on tonight. How do I get peace? By having faith in the one that can keep me. He, he, people who think you can lose your salvation have lost their ever-loving mind. Jesus died one time. He died once. That's it. You're saved unto the uttermost. That doesn't mean we're not just like we were talking earlier, just like you were saying earlier. That doesn't mean we don't still sin, but we ought to sin less every once in a while. Yes. You ain't you ain't still newborn babes tonight. You might be. Maybe you just got saved. If that's it, you got a free pass tonight. Say amen right there. But the only time you're ever going to get one. But, but if you've been in this thing for any length of time, you know how to act like you're saved tonight. Yeah. How do I get peace? By just trusting him. By just doing what he said to do. And, and he may not fix it. I think about Brother Dale. Y'all just had Brother Dale in Bible and everything happened with his wife. And, and, I, and I heard a clip from him the other day that I just—I've watched so many times and just, and just wept because I read where he or watched where he says, "My prayer the whole time should have been this: God, not heal Rachel, but God, let Thy will be done." I can't imagine praying that for my wife. I don't want to imagine it. There might come a day I will. I, I don't know. But I always want to be in the center of his will because that's the only way I'm ever going to find peace tonight. That's the only way any of us are ever going to find peace is just by leaning on him, being disciplined enough to to serve in him and everything that he has to do. Vance Havner said this. He said, the measure of any Christian is his prayer life. That it teaches us that we may not get what we want, but we learn to want what we need. Y'all remember Matthew six thirty three? Where he said, "He said for these things the Gentiles seek." He said, "The Father knows that you have need of these things." But back before that, he said, "What shall we eat? What shall we drink? How shall we be clothed?" But if you read there in verse, I think it's six thirty four. He said, "But the Father knows what you need. I got it. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Him first, everything else second tonight." My hope is in heaven, my discipline. must be a disciplined disciple, but lastly, I must have faith in the Father. It's all about him. I ain't here for any other reason. I ain't believe me, I, I, I didn't answer let me just say this, and I'm, I'm closing. I, I, I didn't answer the call to preach because I thought I'd be like Joe right. right. I ain't that purdy i didn 't answer the call to preach because I thought it would make me popular i didn 't answer the call to preach because I thought everybody at work would just love it i didn't and they don 't by the way. I didn't answer this call because I I thought it would make me some sort of spiritual being or I'd be up here or or, ah, I've just reached it. No, I ran from it for three years because I told God no. But I I found out that I never had peace about anything until I just said, yes, Lord. And I'll never forget that night. I'm closing with this. I had a lot more and I I don't want to keep you too long, but... I'll never forget that night, Brother Jason Sparks. You all know he preached on Jonah in the belly of the whale. And he said, what's it going to take to surrender to the Lord? I'll never forget that message. Because that's what it took for me to realize I wasn't getting any peace until I just said, yes, Lord. Lord, I know not everything's right. God, I know the bills don't always add up. I know that everything don't always work out. But God, yes, Lord. Where else can I go? Where else can you go tonight? Every one of you raised your hands and said, I asked you at the beginning of this, that you had something that you need God to do. Now, I can't promise you, and I'd be a fool to try to do so, that it'll answer before you get in your car and go home. But you can have peace about it when you leave this place tonight. Whether the answer's yes, no, not now, maybe later, not at all. You can have peace about, I don't know what it is tonight. Brother Craig didn't call me and tell me all about everybody. I I, I didn't even know he wasn't going to be here. He called Jimmy, praise God. I'm just, I'm just funning tonight. I'm picking on him because he ain't here. But you can leave tonight with, with, with peace in your heart about whatever it is tonight. And it starts in prayer. When you pray, and I'm not just talking, listen, if you're going to come up here and pray or pray in your seat because you think that's what I want you to do, you're going to get as much out of it as that floor vent right there. But if you mean business with God, you can walk out of here with peace that passes all understanding, ready because your hope is in Him, you're ready to be a disciplined disciple, and your faith is in the Father. You can do that tonight. Brother John, if you, if, you want to, if you want to play, if you don't want to play and you just to pray, I, I don't care, how I, I'm going to leave that up to you tonight. If you feel led to pray, y'all come pray. If you want to come sing, come sing. But I, I want to ask you this tonight. You raised your hand earlier. Why don't you just get some peace about it tonight? Because what you might find out is if you leave out of here with peace with it tonight, Sunday morning this place might take off. Sunday evening this place might just shout the glory out. Because we stop being so concerned with what God's not doing and how He's not handling things and just more concerned with how we can just submit to Him. That testimony might happen. That song might happen. Whatever it is, revival starts when what? When my people shall what? Humble themselves and pray. Part of being humble is giving it to Him. So why don't you do that tonight? As they sing a song... I, I'm not, I'm not going to ask you to bow your heads on that stuff. I, I just want to give you an invitation to pray.